Welcome to the Enterprise Excellence Podcast, where our purpose is to help create a better future. Learn from our world's experts how to improve your organization sustainably. Learn how to achieve and sustain an excellence journey for yourself, others, and the planet. And I'm your host, Brad Jevons, coming to you from Brisbane, Australia. We are proudly brought to you in association with SA Partners, a world-leading business transformation consultancy. SA Partners are a truly purposeful company focused on helping organisations achieve sustainable improvement for themselves, others and the planet. Welcome to episode 124 of the Enterprise Excellence Podcast. It is such a pleasure to have Mr. Jamie Dixon on the show with us today. Jamie is a global expert and author on storytelling. He is the author of the book, The Story Habit, How Leaders Shape Stories That Drive Action. This is such an important topic that can help so many. Let's get into the episode. Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Brad. It's good to be with you today. No, I appreciate it, Jamie. Hey, Jamie, what's your backstory? Like, what led you down this path to end up writing the book, Story Habit? Hmm. Well, I've been working in leadership development for the last uh, the last decade or so, <clears throat> mostly based uh, here in China. And so working with a lot of a lot of Chinese leadership teams in multinational companies and mostly helping them with with their communication skills. And a big challenge that I've noticed in the last probably five or six years is the story of China has become increasingly negative around the world. And um, it's, you know, some of that is deserved, some of it's not deserved and some of it's somewhat deserved but the story that people in in the western world have about china is having an impact on the leaders that i'm working with and they're finding less trust from their leadership teams overseas uh, they're finding even chinese brands are finding less trust when they enter western markets as well and it's all because of the story that people have. Uh, and so that's really driven me to focus more on storytelling, not just the act of telling stories, which is very important and is something I focus on, but also on all of the acts around stories that shape the stories people believe in about you. And so it's that experience of working with Chinese leadership teams, trying their best to navigate all the geopolitical turmoil that's been going on over the last five or six years uh, and, uh, you know, trying to get people to see you know, what is true, what is not true and, and so on. So that that's kind of shaped my uh, my uh, my approach to storytelling and why storytelling has become such a central part of my work. Well, Jamie, there's a bit to that, isn't it? Mate? Like you, you look at it and storytelling is that part you control, I guess, that comes out of your mouth and that that inner piece of that but then what you're mentioning is that whole environmental factor of what's going on coupled with people's perceptions or bias on certain topics that all blends into that melting pot of the story and what's going to happen i guess culturally and behaviorally off the back of that yeah absolutely and I, I think just just like you said some of it is down to bias on the western side some of it is down to a different cultural context resulting in behaviors that a different culture interprets differently some of it is interpreted correctly as well it's it's very very complicated but there's a lot of factors that come together and 
I, I think a really good example is the company Huawei, the pioneers of 5G technology, who have incredible technological capabilities to offer the rest of the world, but um, they their business is basically doomed overseas now because of those stories. And you know, there's a lot of factors involved. And I, I think that, you know, some people might consider it unfair to to the Chinese, but I, I think the Chinese have equal responsibility to uh, to tell their story better and do a much better job of of shaping the stories that people have about them. Well, actually, I mean, I think I guess whether it's applying to to the context in China or you're thinking about your own organization or anything you're involved in, you've got you've got that capability to say what comes out of your mouth and or even write those stories. But then you're also going to have this environment around you and and perceptions and biases and things that are going to impact on it. What what are the key factors that people need to consider when looking to form up a better story and head to that place of a better story for themselves, for their organization, mm. for their country? Mm. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a good question, quite a big question as well. But I, I think um, one side of it is the experiences that people have of you. Uh, as a business, as an individual as well, the things that you are doing, the things that they see you do, the things that they hear you say, those experiences will shape the the stories that they have of you. But also the stories you tell and the stories other people tell uh, will shape the stories they have of you. Um, and so com- coming to the, the stories part, I, I in my book, The Story Habit, I have a framework called Relate, Challenge, Resolve which is a framework that came about through a lot of experimentation. I'd, I'd go, I was, as I was writing the book, I'd go and do a lot of research and a lot of reading into different areas of storytelling and come up with a bunch of ideas and then test them in workshops. And then some things would stick and some things wouldn't. And over time with the things that stuck, I kept on reorganizing them into whatever framework I could. And then one day relate challenge resolve came up and it's been a framework that just seems to stick with people. So so this is the framework I use. And the idea with relate challenge resolve is that any story is always about a character in a situation the audience can relate to. And you look at a lot of Disney movies, that's one of the things they do the best. Uh, Their movies are primarily aimed at children and families, and they're always about situations that children can relate to or families can relate to as well. Maybe about family relationships, maybe about dreams for the future, maybe about powers they can't control, like kids have emotions they can't control and so on. And then um, that character meets a challenge something in their world changes and they're now in a situation they're not prepared for. And that's the challenge. And then resolving is the final part, how they overcome that challenge. And and so in the workshops I run, I I walk people through how to use Relate, Challenge, Resolve to, to find stories and to start crafting and refining stories. But I've also found there's a whole load of other applications of Relate, Challenge, Resolve as well. It seems to be the universal language of of the mind and you know i've just found one way of, of codifying it so relate challenge resolve is the framework i, I found quite helpful to, to share with leaders about that that's awesome jamie it's like that that hero loop or that story loop isn't it like it yeah. i guess any any disney movie or most movies in general follow that type of thing don't they that's neat now, yeah what, yeah what do you find most important under relate mate like you, you mentioned that you know disney put it out there where 
you can relate to the start of the movie where they're setting the scene and you can relate to the, what's happening. You know, the family's gathering or there's a birth of a baby like with Simba or mm-hmm. there's everything's in calm and happy and you meet all the different characters and you can relate to them because one's like your uncle. But what what is important <laughs> when it comes to a business concept or an organisational concept for the people to consider with relate? Mm. Well, I, I think relating is the most important part of of the framework, and it's a part that it, it just it, it's just, it doesn't seem to be natural for for people in general. Uh, it, so it's a part that easily gets overlooked. So um, as I mentioned just now, there, there are lots of applications for relate, challenge, resolve, and one application is trying to influence people. And so when we try to influence people and we try to change their minds. We naturally jump to challenge where we say, you're wrong, I'm right. Here's all the reasons you're wrong. Here's all the reasons I'm right. So there. And that's not very effective unless we start by relating and we start by trying to understand where they're coming from. And relating is ultimately about learning the stories that they currently believe in. And you can think of the stories that they have as being formed of the experiences they have, the beliefs they have, and the motivations they have. And so, for example, I've been working with Chinese leadership teams who really need to adjust the company strategy to better suit the situation on the ground here in China. And then they go and they speak to their leaders in Europe and their leaders in Europe are like, no. And I ask them, you know, think about what experiences have shaped those leaders? What beliefs do they have and what motivations do they have? And they they think about this and they realize that the experiences they that have shaped their beliefs have been, you know, media, the news that they've heard about China. Um, maybe as well the fact that for the last three years they've been outside of China and not able to come here. And so there's a lot of things they're not seeing and not hearing. And they're only hearing things from their governments and from the from the media. And then what beliefs do they have? Well, they believe that things are quite unstable in China and that there's risky political implications. And what are their motivations? Their motivations are stability and predictability. Uh, that's some two things that business leaders value the most. Uh, and so once the leaders I'm working with spend a little bit more time just imagining what are those experiences, beliefs, and motivations the other people have, they start to see things in a completely different way and go, oh, okay, maybe my proposal to completely change the company strategy and start a new product line goes completely against their motivations for branding and and staying aligned with the brand and so on. So ultimately relating comes down to just spending a little bit more time imagining being the other person and trying to understand what experiences have shaped them what beliefs they currently have and what motivations they have and you sometimes you can do that by just imagining the best way of doing that obviously is to go and actually speak to people um but getting that perspective before you even attempt to try and change their minds it's critical really yeah, really. So I really hear Jamie. It's like you're you're placing yourself in their shoes, the pe- the person or people that you're looking to influence, and then you're really showing empathy to that position that they hold and what their beliefs are and what their their thoughts and experiences are in relation to where you're coming from and your your position. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because once you show that you can relate to them, uh, they're gonna 
be less defensive. They feel, okay, this person understands me. And your whatever you have to share with them will not be perceived as a threat. It will be perceived as something that they can now consider because I, I know you're taking my interests into account here. So relating automatically drops people's defenses. Um, and ironically, I, I found, like, for example, online right now, you go on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, you'll find a lot of these ads from get-rich-quick gurus saying that, you know, if you just buy my online course, you'll be a millionaire overnight. And what they do is they only relate to people. <laughs> they they start a video by saying, I used to have a nine-to-five job just like you, and I hated it just like you, and I really, really wanted to get rich just like you. And someone who's maybe gullible enough um, will kind of fall for that. And so relating is also a skill that's used to exploit people uh, and, and because it drops people's defenses. And so I, I think another implication of this is as a leader, if you really want to be a leader, then you also have to challenge people because it's challenging where you help people to grow. But if you just relate to people, then it's really easy to get followers, but you might not actually be helping them in the long run. So yeah. it's really important to also go beyond just relating. Jamie has kindly provided us a free guide that listeners can download to learn more about a story habit. Go to freeguide.storyhabit.com to download the guide. Please like, subscribe and share this podcast to help others gain insights and create a better future. Let's get back to the episode. Yeah, move on, on challenge, mate. What does that look like? You know, I can, I'm really getting the sense that, you know, you've related to someone, you've really put yourself in their shoes, you understood them, you've built this level of trust and through empathy and having them really connect to you. What does the challenge then look like? Mm. So, to summarize challenge in, in very simple terms, it's about pointing out the flaws in the current story they have and providing them with a story that will serve them better. So if I give an example, in, in my book, The Story Habit, I have a little fable of a group of villagers who've lived their whole lives in this village. And this village is in the center of a forest. And the forest is so dense with trees that they call it the dark forest. And they have all of these stories about, you know, if you go into the dark forest, you'll be eaten by dragons or picked up by eagles and so on. So they've never, ever, ever wanted to leave the village. But you come from the outside world and you know it's not a dark forest. It's just a forest. And actually, there's a big, beautiful, wide world out there with lots of things, lots of beautiful things for them. And so you, your job is to persuade these villagers to come with you. So in this kind of context, challenging looks like this. It's pointing out to the villagers that, you know, this village, it's it, in the long run, you know, it's quite limited. It's not really going to give you everything that you could possibly experience in life. You're probably going to get quite bored living here. There's a lot of things that you're missing out on. And then it's also pointing out the benefits of this new story. If you go with me, then you get to go and explore all of these new places. There's massive cities out there with iPhones and Starbucks and whatever, and uh, all of these cool things that you will have never seen before. So giving people benefits of a, a new story that will serve them better, and also pointing out the flaws in this current in the current story that they're attached to. 
that there are also a, a few other parts to this that which are really important. One is that you you can't challenge everyone and succeed. Uh, it's just you know it's just reality. In that village, there are going to be some people like elderly villagers with health problems, and it's definitely not going to be in their interests. But then there's going to be um, younger villagers who are really curious and really adventurous, and they've always wanted to know what's out there. So you also have to focus on challenging the right people. And sorry, my lighting's going a bit weird. And one final part is, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes our minds are changed by experiences. Sometimes our minds are changed by the stories people hear. And so for those villagers, perhaps you could wait for a better time to challenge them. Sorry, my, my lighting's getting weird. The sun is at a strange angle now. <laughs> but for those villagers, you could perhaps wait for a better time to challenge them. For example, maybe there's some disaster in, in, in the village and maybe there's a drought in the village and they're running out of water. In that moment, the, the cost-benefit relationship has completely changed. So when there is something that disrupts their current story, they're going to be in a state to accept any challenges. So to kind of summarize there, um, you need to give them a story that serves them better than the current story they have. And you can't challenge everyone. You have to challenge the people that it's going to serve the most. And also it's about timing as well, where you need to wait until something has disrupted them for that cost benefit ratio to change for your challenge to be successful. Yeah. The, 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 Pain of the change is greater than the pain of the same. It's built that tension in yes. there for them to actually want to do do something. That's awesome. So, Joe, yeah, we can really yeah. see that the challenge is about. Gonna, oh, so, sorry, yeah, I'm just going to adjust the, uh, the curtain because the lighting's going crazy. <laughs> okay, so, I think that's a bit better. So, Jamie, I can see in challenge it's about. You know, you're looking to challenge and alter that view to break them out of their current state, and you're looking to pose that attention to it both negatively but then also positively which is challenge from a mm. negative or positive point of view and if you can have that timing right where there's forces at play to amplify that desire for change and change and to move forward it's a good good thing to work with what then plays out with resolve so you're then on the third phase of the story habit which is resolve what's that look like mm. so resolve is is my favorite part of the framework because it's the part where we actually get people to take action and i i um i find that uh for example the, the field of user experience uh, user experience design is where you find a lot of experts on this uh they called it the last mile you know you've persuaded people to go onto your website and to have a look now it's actually getting people to push that button and say and, and click here and buy and so resolve is all about getting people to take action. And if I use the example of the villages in the dark forest, maybe you've changed their minds. You've caused them to believe that you know, it's not a dark forest. It's just a forest. And actually, there's something out there worth seeing. Now, how do we go about getting them through the dark forest? Now, when it comes to actually getting people to take, take action and to change, you can think of change as like a journey. And there's a destination and there's a way to get to the destination. If I use an example, uh, losing weight, the destination is I will have lost 20 kilograms. And the way to get to the destination is exercise and dieting. But everybody talks about the destination. Everybody talks about the way to get there. 
what very few people talk about is the next step. And it's those next steps which are most critical. So, um, for example, I, I mentioned like online services, user experience design. They get you on their website. They want you to become their customer. That's the ultimate destination. And the way is to use their service. But the next step is to click here. They've made that next step so, so clear. And and the benefit of taking that next step is really high. And the costs of taking that next step are really low. And so it's pretty much inevitable you're just going to take that next step. With the villagers, if you were to say, come with me out into the big wide world, that's probably a step too far for them. You, you need to ease people into it. And so maybe you can say to them as the next step, look, come to the edge of the village, take a peek inside the forest. Let me point out to you that th there's nothing here. And then the next step is, you know, let's step set foot in the forest and just walk 10 meters. And if you feel uncomfortable, you can go back anytime you want and gradually easing people into it. And any company with a really successful sales process knows this already because they they get their customers to experience a little bit at a time and gradually step by step get them to become their customers for, for example in, in in my field of work and i guess it's similar for you a way a customer becomes a customer is they attend a free workshop of mine and they get to experience me and then we have a meeting and we get to discuss things even more and it's step by step into into the unknown but they can't go too far into the unknown at once. It has to ease them into it. So that, that's what Resolve is all about. And I, I and Resolve for me is where storytelling transitions into behavior change. And, and that's where I get really, really excited. I, <laughs> I love the part where storytelling and behavior change meet. So that's what Resolve yeah, I love is it. about. I love it, Jamie. And that, you know, it's, it's hard for someone to grapple with a big change and a big step, isn't it? Because you're talking a lot of change. And a lot of behavior alteration, but that small step approach to gradually work your way through, which I guess we all experience is through, you know, engaging in an online type of platform or something in that regard. It's a really good way to think mm. about. It. And I can imagine that with this type of story habit, you can nearly plan it out to some degree, can't you? You won't exactly know that full journey, but you can ahead of time plan how you're going to relate and start to do some research and understand it. You can plan how you're going to create that challenge both positively and negatively. And I guess you can plan some of those first steps or like, I guess like online companies do, they plan all the steps to take you through that funnel, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and the, um, and they also refine that funnel over time as well. Um, but they know that they have to ease you into it. You can't just boom, I'm a customer. You have to be eased into it. And, and that's the real key there. Yeah. Nice. Jane, what would be your two minute tip in this area of, expertise you got mate if if you had that moment to talk to someone what would you advise them so in my book the story habit one of my favorite habits is is the very first habit uh which is called notice change because if you want to become a really good storyteller then you need to collect a story pool in your mind full of stories and in order to collect those stories you need to know where to find them and if you look at any story uh, any anecdote your friend has told you, any novel that you've read, any movie that you watch, any game that you play, a story is always about change. It's never about, I got on the subway, I went to work, 
came home, went to bed. It's, it's never about life as normal. It's about, I got on the subway and then the subway broke down and then there was a flood and there were sharks in the subway with laser beams and, and so on. It's something changes. And, and, and on quite a meta uh, level here, uh, the most interesting thing about stories is learning the stories that the characters believe in. And then their world changes and then the stories they originally had don't help them navigate that new world. And that's what creates the challenge and so on. But coming back to my my little tip, notice the changes that happen in your everyday life. Maybe your car breaks down. Maybe you get sick. Maybe you change jobs. There's always going to be a story there. Then collect those stories in your story pool and start telling those stories. And the very first time you start telling those stories, they are going to be rubbish. That's just the way it is. If you think about comedians telling their stories for their standout shows, uh, their sellout shows, that's not the first time they've told those stories. They've told those stories hundreds of times before and refined them through feedback. And so if you start with just noticing the changes that happen in your life, make a mental note and store those events in your story pool and then start telling those stories. You can start collecting that feedback and start refining those stories. And before you know it, you'll have a story pool full of well-refined stories that just capture people immediately. There's no magic to it, really. It's just <laughs> it's just work. Uh, just do the work and you get the stories. Yeah. So notice change would be the two-minute tip. Yeah, I, was, um, I was with a group of people in Bangkok last week, actually, at an event. Nice. And they were mentioning... Uh, like Steve Jobs, the journey he went on, how originally he wasn't the best storyteller. But then by mm. the end of his career and un unfortunately his life, he was unbelievable. <laughs> he was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 because he, he tried and he'd get feedback from the audience. They'd tell him that I did, didn't get that bit or really like that. And unconsciously, he'd just register, oh, I should do more things like that, less things like that. And, that that's how it works. There's yeah. there's no magic to it whatsoever. It's just effort. And, yeah, and he time. wasn't he wasn't instantly that orator and that good storyteller that he became. Yeah. Took a lot of practice. Probably being owning Pixar and being part of Pixar for a while would have helped also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Jane, what's what's been a recent insight for you, mate? Like, what's been a recent learning for you that, that was like an aha moment? Hmm. I I think as I've been looking at um all of the different applications of relate challenge resolve. Like I, I keep discovering new applications of it. One application is the kinds of stories as a leader that you want to be collecting from other people, uh, because you don't just want to be telling stories all the time. You also want to be listening to stories because you can learn a lot from stories. And I found there are three types of stories that are really important if you want to grow your business. And one type of story is relating stories. Any story about the people that you work with that helps you better understand them and better relate to them. Like your customers, for example, is a really important thing, a really important kind of story to collect. Another type of story to collect is stories about challenges, the challenges that your people and customers are facing because you want to be good at resolving those challenges and, and helping people overcome those challenges. And you, you'd better have a good understanding of the challenges your staff on the front lines are facing. And that's where a lot of leaders get disconnected in big companies. And the third type of story is how people have resolved those challenges. And that's about experience sharing. And I, I think experience is the currency 
capacity of value in organizations. There's so much experience trapped in people's heads. And not everyone knows how to um, release that experience from their heads. It, like if I asked you to explain how you ride a bicycle, you, you probably kind of struggle. You, you, <laughs> so much of it is unconscious. You're not really aware of it. But if you got into the habit of telling stories uh, about how you overcame problems, how you do particular things, you suddenly start to develop these habits of noticing how you actually do things. And that makes you better at explaining it. And that really helps unlock all of this tacit knowledge that's locked in people's heads. And so again, it's relate, challenge, resolve. If you can collect stories that help you relate, that help you understand the challenges people face, and that help you understand how people have resolved challenges, then those stories are, are priceless. They are so valuable for, for business growth. So I, I, I found that relate, challenge, resolve, it just seems to be some kind of codified version of this universal language of the mind. Uh, and there's a lot of different applications. Yeah, that's neat. That's neat, Jamie. I really appreciate, mate, you coming on and sharing this knowledge. And it's so simple, but so powerful. Mate, how can, how can people reach out to you or also get the book to get hold of and have a read? Thank you. Thank you. Um, well, uh, I'm quite active on LinkedIn. Um, you can search my name, Jamie Dixon, D-I-X-O-N, and you'll find my face on an orange background. Um, and for the book, you can you can find the book available on Amazon. Uh, and you can also go to thestoryhabit.com um, to find out more about the story habit and the book and the online course and so on. So LinkedIn and thestoryhabit.com are the best places to find me. That's great, Jamie. Well, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show, mate, and helping us all gain extra knowledge and insight in this critical topic and helping us create a better future, mate. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank Cheers, you. Cheers, Jamie. Bye for now. What a great episode. Remember, you can visit freeguide.storyhabit.com to get hold of a free story habit guide that Jamie has put together for us. Please like, subscribe, and share this podcast to help others gain insights and create a better future. There were two key takeaways for me from this episode. Firstly was the relate step. Now, how powerful is it when you're looking to influence or introduce change or make something different for someone to first of all relate to them, put yourself in their shoes, show empathy to them, and really look to understand them and think, how can I relate more to them with this change that's coming up? The next part was challenge. Think of the challenge you are trying to resolve for them and the target audience that you're resolving it for. How can you relate the challenge to them, but also in a way that does build the tension, the emotion that a person needs to actually move forward? And the final step, of course, resolve. The part of this that I really liked was the small steps. You know, people are more likely to actually move forward with a small step that they can easily achieve rather than a massive big leap. Of course, those small steps have to be in line with the big leap, but it was a really great insight that Jamie provided around small steps to change. Thanks again for your time, Jamie. Thanks for your knowledge and support, helping us create a better future. Bye for now.